Thank you so much. While we're while y'all getting settled, a couple of questions, just so we, because you don't know us, we're getting to know you because we've just come back uh, this year. So, uh, are any of you currently attending Karis as current students? Oh my goodness! Wow. Okay, I'm glad I asked that question. Okay. Uh, then uh, this applies to everybody, not just those who just raised their hand, but how many of you have a clear word from God about the next steps in your life? You, you do have a clear word from God, okay? There's, oh, wow, that's a bunch. How many of you aren't quite sure what God has for you in the future, but you know it's going to be good? All right, that's most of the rest of you. Okay, that's, you're in one camp or the other. That's awesome. How many of you feel like right now you're in a time of transition? Yeah, yeah, okay. This message is for everyone who raised their hand in any of those questions. So, all right, now, now that we've got that established and we know who you are, let's tell you a little bit about us. Well, thank you so much. We want to first thank Rick and Joanne for this opportunity because yes. they've trusted us um, at their pulpit, which we will pray for them later, but um, <laughs> we're so excited to be here. We have uh, not been at River Rock Church in, since June of 2019. We did not get back to the States during the summer of... 2020 because of the COVID and that, so um, it's been t over two years, so it's really awesome to be here. But while we're there, we just want to thank you as a church body mm -hmm. for continuing to support New Creations Ministries. You, you, your church has faithfully supported us while we were in Scotland, and you're continuing to support us during this time of transition, which is huge, and we were really grateful for that. We want to talk about transition because we're going through transition, we're continuing to go through transition, and one thing we found out about life is that you're always in some form of transition. So how does that look? And so if you were hoping it was going to be over soon, no, it's just going to change. And coming. And so you can almost say, okay, Lord, it's part of our life, so we will learn how to experience that with you, and hopefully we can uh, relay a few of our experiences and share with some scriptures the Lord shared with us on that. We're going to catch you up, though, a little bit about uh, what's going on in Scotland currently and how we ended up there in the first place. So one of the uh, we actually graduated from the two-year program in 2013 as Jeremy said and we went on the trip to the UK for a mission trip and that's where the Lord spoke to both Chris and I after we came back from that trip. Well actually he started speaking to us even before we left. That's true. We actually before we even came to Karis Bible College we saw a advertisement on Andrew's program for World Outreach, and we're like, that's so cool. They're planting um, schools all over. We want to be part of that, and we partnered with that. We've always Even before been a we were students. We had no idea we were going to be part of World Outreach, but we were sowing into our own future, and God knew that. Thank God. We were a little blinded to that at the time, but that's okay. So all of you who are, are connected with Karis, you've, you've experienced them sending out a mission team. You know the tradition where the whole school comes and prays over the team before you go. Well, we did that as well, and it's, the school came together, prayed for us, and as the, as the school was praying for us, one of our classmates, somebody you pr may know, Sue Nutman, who's also, we were in a powerhouse class. Every Rick class and Joanne, but we feel it. Yeah, I mean, ours was the best because we were there. Um, no, God is good. All that to say, Sue was, that's right, he is. He's no respecter of person, so your, your class is the best class, by the Ever. way, because yes. you're in it. So. Sue was praying over us along with the rest of the class, and Sue got a word from God. I don't know if you know, she flows sometimes in the prophetic. And she said, I hear the Lord say you're going home. And I thought, I'm from New York. That's weird. I'm going to the U.K. And I said, I'm not ready to go home to Jesus just yet. We're just that's going right. to Bible school. So, no, we're not going home. So we didn't reject the word, but I just put it on the shelf because I didn't understand. Well, we go to, that, that year the trip went to England, to the school in Walsall. We went up to Scotland. There was a church up there that, that the school was connected with, but there was no school in Scotland. Then we went over to um, Northern Ireland, to the, where there's a Karis in Northern Ireland. And as we were on the minibus driving from the Scotland to go over to the ferry to get to Northern Ireland, um, Lisa sees a sign for a place called Creetown. C-R-E-E-T-O-W-N. Like, that's weird. We you never see our name anywhere. We drive a little further, we cross over the River Cree. I'm like, okay, God, you got my attention. So after we got back to Colorado, I asked my family, where does our name come from? They didn't know. And so I got online, did research, because that's what I do, and come to find out that my ancestor most likely emigrated from Scotland to the United States in the early 1700s into New Jersey. My dad was born in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and the highest per capita concentration of the family named Cree on the planet is a little town called Kermanic, Kilmarnock, which is an hour up the road from where we were. I was going home and didn't even know it. 
that's how God spoke to my heart because my entire life I had never known my ancestry. And suddenly I did. And so he just put in me a passion for Scotland. But here's the really cool thing. God spoke to Lisa's heart completely differently. Yes, he did. We got back from that. Uh, and by the way, when we were um, experiencing Creetown in the River Cree, Pastor John Donnelly like, turns the bus around, tells us to get out and have our picture taken with our river. So we documented that <laughs> and moved forward. But when we got back from our trip, uh, you know, you're kind of on that post-mission trip honeymoon type thing. Where, oh, my gosh, this is so awesome, you know. And we, I knew in my heart we were called into helping at a college probably, some form of being part of a college. As we were best friends with Sue and Brian Nutman, I mean, we sat and drank so many cups of tea over the two years of school and, and learned all things. I'm a coffee drinker and I drank tea. UK. So I was making, the, it was like two weeks after we got back from our trip, I'm making the bed, changing the sheets out, just fluffing pillowcases and pillows and all that stuff you do when you're changing the, the sheets out. And I had this thought in my mind, why is there no college in Scotland? There's one in Northern Ireland, there's two in England, why is there no college in Scotland? And pillowcase number two, why is there no college in Scotland? And sheet number one, why is there no college in Scotland? And all of a sudden, it was one of those experiences you have with God. I didn't hear audible words, but the conversation was happening in our spirit. And I, I was like, oh, Lord, do you want us to go start a college in Scotland? And he's like, do you want to? And I said, well, if you want us to, yeah, sure, that would be cool. <laughs> and he's like, good. And I was like, good, good, right. <laughs> now what? <laughs> then in my lightning fast mind, I thought, surely, Lord, we are not the first people you called to do this because everyone who came back from that UK trip was always like, oh, I'm called to Scotland, you know, paint their face, freedom. <laughs> yeah. And the Lord said, didn't, he didn't miss a beat. He said, I, I said, surely, Lord, you're not our plan A. You're, we're not your plan A. And he said, when you said yes, you became my plan A. So I didn't talk to Chris for two weeks about that. <laughs> I kept it in my heart because I thought, I just need to pray on this and really just settle down. Meanwhile, I'm researching my ancestry. Yes. <laughs> so we come together and we realize the Lord's called us forward. So that's the short version, kind of, but that's really where it all started. And we... We launched into, uh, we were coming into our graduation for our second year. Then we knew that if we wanted to be part of a school, at that time they did not have the global training track. So we went into the ministry track. And the summer between our second year and our third year, we formed New Creations Ministries because we knew we were going to be self-supporting missionaries until the college could afford to pay us. And so that's how we started New mm -hmm. Creations Ministries. It was an originally started to support us while we were in Scotland. But it is more than that. Um, it is a teaching ministry. And it actually helped us not just support our own selves. We actually were able to support uh, some efforts with our volunteer staff. There was only one paid staff member, and that was Chris. So you have to pray in eventually. team members. And eventually, yeah. It was a year and a half before that happened. And uh, so we... New Creations really supported a lot of extra stuff, taking extra people on mission trips, taking extra staff um, to different things that we needed to do. It provided video gear. We'll talk more about that later. You guys were part of providing that video gear for our college. Um, we had to go online when we went into COVID big time, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but that was huge. You have sown seed, and we left that gear there, and is continuing to produce fruit. So thank you, River Rock Church. Mm -hmm. So right now... Um, we left the uh, states in 2016 of November. Took two and a half years in between our graduating the third year program before we left for Scotland. There's transition time in there that we'll be talking about because that's that preparation time. You don't just jump off of graduating and go. There's like these Some things called do. visas. Some people do, but we had to deal We're with on a different plan. visas and preparing our hearts, preparing our are nat a lot of things in the natural to go as well. So we moved in November of 2016 to Scotland. It was literally like the week after the election. The week of the election. Oh, the week of the election. So yeah, it was, a, it was it an was a interesting crazy week. time. So we were there for nine months before the college launched, which was in September of 2017, which was good. It gave us some time to get our land legs, learn how to drive on the other side of the road. Roundabouts. Seriously, I mean... 
talk about a faith journey. I know everyone's like, what's the big deal? I'm like, the roads are this big. You know, and a big And they got ocean. tractors driving down them yeah. in the middle of town. And you're like, there's a wall. Where do I go? I'm going to die now. You know, you're like white knuckling. And so you're, we really had to kind of go through that uh, experience. And that was a big feat, getting that driver's license for both of us. So then um, we were praying in team. We said, Lord, we are not everything that these students need. We do not possess all the gifts that the students need. We are not, we, didn't, we know that. And so we were praying in team. And the Lord did bring us team. He brought us team before we even moved there. We had one of our staff, volunteer staff members, James Joseph, he's from Scotland, came over, did two years, moved his family over here, and he moved his family back to Dumfries, which was not his home city, to six months before we got there to prepare the, himself and the land for us. So, um, and then we were joined by Andrew and Jasmine Sharp, who um, worked a couple of years in the Belfast College. We prayed for people like Andrew and Jasmine, and God did one up. He brought us Andrew and Jasmine. So we were so excited. Yeah, it was awesome. Our first year, we started with 16 first-year students. We only did first year because none of us had taught first year. So why are we trying to teach first year and second year at the same time? So we all grew together in how we were going to do this. One, of, one of my philosophies as, as the director was I, I said less is more. Mm -hmm. And what I meant by that was you know, we'll, we'll keep focused on what we do. We'll, we'll master the, the basics, and then we'll grow. And so... We had an opportunity to do day school and hybrid. And at that time, hybrid was a relatively new thing. And so everybody was pushing for day school. Well, when you looked at the applications, almost all of them were hybrid except for a one. handful that were Just one. one that Just was one. day school. And we're like, well, that's not going to work. So we pushed her into hybrid. She was happy to do it. And we just did hybrid. We just did first year, our first year out. And because we were supported by New Creations and in part by uh, River Rock Church, we were able to make those decisions, which made for a, a strong school in the long run, um, because less is more. And once we mastered first year, we added second year. Once we mastered those, we added third year. Mm -hmm. And the school has just gone from strength to strength because we had the luxury of starting small. And it also allowed all of us as a team, this is a word for everybody out there that's stepping into ministry or becoming part of a ministry team, there are transitions in your team and you take steps together and you're learning how to work together and you're learning how God's painting the vision for you together and it really builds a strong team. And so by doing that first year, just that first year was awesome. We called that, that class was the class of trailblazers. And they truly were, they trusted us as pioneers and boy, did they trust us. There had to be a grace of God on them. <laughs> so and, and many of them are now uh, volunteering as staff members with the school today. Yeah, we, I think there's nine assistant yeah, staff that have graduated out of the leadership program working with the school. So let's kind of just go forward. We graduated our first graduating class two years in. That was in 2019. We had our first, nope, that was no, 2018, 18. our first graduating class from second year. Then 2019, no. whatever. we added the third year students and we graduated 10 out of that leadership class. And we got hit with COVID then. Yeah, in going into yeah, tw tw 2020, everything changed, obviously. Um, Scotland was much, much more locked down than we were here in the States, or you were here in the States, we were in Scotland. I mean, for the first four months, we were only permitted to leave our house to go for a walk once a day, and she could go get groceries um, as needed, and that was it. So everything went online, that video gear that we actually bought Probably, when did you start the Bible study? It was six months earlier. No, no, we started the Bible study at COVID. So We had the gear. I, we I saw where, where that was headed, and God gave me the vision. Let's get some gear. We're going to need some equipment to do this online thing. So my background, for those of you who don't know, I, I did 10 years of web development before we went to Scotland. So I, I have a technical background. I understood how the online world worked. That helped a lot. So we had three months with the students online, and we graduated our first class, or that, that class online. And we actually did a lot of extra stuff. We were doing um, middle of the week, two-hour studies. Lots of people were joining in that. People were just in their houses. They couldn't go anywhere for a long time. I was and, and you all know the news media was just pumping fear, fear, fear. So we wanted to do some things that would help, help bring faith into their right. houses. Right, and for that... That was a lifeline so many people said, not just the students. We allowed other people to join those broadcasts as well. And so you guys had fruit in that too. It kept people in a really good place of peace because it was a very hard time. I mean, we were literally logged back out to do a few things 
after four months, but you are only allowed to be with um, one other household, maybe. So yeah, they, they opened it up very slowly. It was, yeah. it was a, if, very if God approach. had told us before we went that, oh, by the way, you're going to spend 18 months basically locked in your house when you get there, well, we would have been like, no. Or at least four months together. Yeah. Now, there's a transition for uh, a yeah. husband and a wife. Okay, so we've moved to Scotland together. We've got one car now. We're kind of stuck in the, not stuck in this country, but we're not going anywhere, right? And now we're in the house together. So that was interesting. It was uh, lots of conversations out in the cul-de-sac with the neighbors. How are you doing? So um, all that said, um, the COVID did change things for us. And then the last year we were there as directors, we were fully online. And what we did was at that time, the Lord and, and the ministry allowed us to do a fully online program for the Saturdays. But we were live interaction all day long, live teaching, interactive groups, all sorts of things. They weren't just sitting there listening to videos, okay? So we opened it up to anybody maybe from Scandinavia that might want to attend. Because there's no Karis there's there. There's no Karis in Finland, Norway, Sweden. Uh, Sweden, Estonia. And so we actually had students from Sweden and Norway join us. A couple of them had done correspondence. They didn't know where to go with second year. We had them join our second year class. So... We were ministering to multiple countries. Well, we were min ministering to multiple countries to begin with because we got Wales, England, Northern Ireland, and Scotland, but we were reaching out even farther into the nations, and you were part of that as well, so thank you for that. We had a really great team. We had a lot of extra volunteer staff to handle that, and it was just amazing. That program was, we would be so fired up after that, our Saturdays. Um, we were just astonished what God did through the internet and online. So. And actually, I think in the next service, one of our first-year students who is now here in second year will be here. He's from Norway. So that's kind of cool. So we're going to transfer to you for a minute. Well, yeah. We, so New Creations, the focus has always been Bible teaching discipleship. That's what New Creations is all about. That's what God put in our hearts. And while we were in Scotland, the focus, I mean, it was all poured into the Bible college. So we were, you know, supporting that wholeheartedly. And then also... One of the things that God had me do is write books because I was teaching courses and, and information. And so we got some books outside. I want to share a little bit about what we've got. Pastor Rick told us we had to yeah, he's sure like, we you had tell, tell them about, them about the books. books and talk about partnerships. Yes, so we're doing what the pastor told us. So the first one I want to mention is Daily Reflections. It's a 365-day devotional. It's, it's a um, short reads. I mean, you can read these in about a minute and get a, one encouraging nugget for your day. And this actually came out of a, an email devotional that I send out every morning. You can go onto our website, get it absolutely free if, you don't, if you're not a, a book person. You, and it would just come to your email every morning when I don't mess up the technology. Um, and the, actually, Tuesday's the fourth anniversary. I've been doing it every day for four years, mostly. Wow. So that's uh, Daily Reflections. Um, sovereignty of God is a big issue. You know, there's, there's a lot of people who say that God's in control. And I believed that for 15 years. That's what we were taught when we were first born again. And then I studied it up for myself and realized it wasn't true. And so the, a lot of people understand it's not true, but they don't know what, I mean, they get tangled up in like Romans 9 where, where Paul's talking about how God loved Jacob but hated Esau. What does that mean? And, and what did, you know, God hardened Pharaoh's heart and all of this different stuff. Job, what about Job? All those answers are in here. It's 50 pages, really short read. But the answers are in there. It's really, really a good one. For that them. was a very transfer. I know Andrew also teaches on that. That was a really transformational teaching for our students because uh, um, Scotland, there's a lot of Calvinistic sort of theology. And uh, so that really helped a lot of the students kind of break free on that one. How to Believe Your Way to Supernatural Faith is the newest one we just released this year. Um, it's, it's a collection of short little chapters with a lot of just wisdom. We talk about the difference between faith and belief talk about, you know, what truth is and how can you know that it's true and all that. So it, it's, a, it's a nice you know, bite-sized pieces of wisdom, and, and it's purple. I love that book the best, very royal colors. So, and then this one is kind of, this was the first one I actually published. It's called Rejecting Mammon, How to See Results from Your Giving. And I, I got a question. Uh, as anybody, uh, any of you, you, you're really generous, but don't seem to harvest much and not sure why. Is that something? You don't that, have to raise your hand. But you could. Anybody? Okay, there's a couple. Thanks for being honest. I appreciate that. You know, that's where we were. And we, were, we had to raise money to get to Scotland. We knew we were prosperous. We just didn't understand how to prosper. We did understand sowing, reaping, a few things. But Lord really had to show us some things because we needed to get 
get off the ground and go fast. We didn't have time to go itinerate. We didn't have time. I was like, Lord, what are we going to do? And he's like, listen up. Here's what you're going to do. And I need to teach you about the kingdom of God and how that really looks and how you harvest. That's right. And when and, you sow seed. And we basically had to learn how the kingdom of God operates. And God showed us, and we saw results. And so I got permission from Colorado to put it together as an eight-hour course. I taught our first-year students. They saw results. God's no respecter of persons. That's what you were saying earlier. It's, it's actually true. So if, you, if that's something you struggle with, you can get the book back there. And you know what? One of the challenges I have with the prosperity gospel is that it's got a bad reputation, and some of it's deserved because the, the, really what happened was people used greed and manipulation, and they, they co-opted the kingdom prosperity language to, to do that. Well, let's claim the language back. Amen. It belongs to us. It's us. All right? It's ours. And so if money's an issue for you and, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't can't afford the book, if you genuinely can't afford it, I, I would encourage you, go to our website. You can get the ebook version absolutely free. Just put in zero for the donation. And you can download the book for free. You can do that with all It's not books. about money. It's about seeing you thrive and prosper. Amen. Because that's what, because you can't give away what you don't have. Right? So we need to prosper so that we can be even more generous to others. Amen. All right. And since you were brave, this is yours. Well done. All right. I'm just going to quickly mention the tables out there. You'll see the price of books out there. And also there is a little card if you want just to get our, our um, email or our email newsletter, you can sign up and go to our website. The website address is right on the card, and there's also information about partnership, which um, Rick also told us we needed to mention from, from the room. So we've got all that taken care of. We're going to move into the next, our, our message, kind of the meat of our message. Well, and, and when, it, when we talk, we're dealing with transition, uh, it, unity is a very powerful thing, okay? One of the challenges that Lisa and I had is we got married a little older. Uh, we were both very independent, both very strong-willed, and we had a lot of what I would call intense fellowships because it sounds a lot nicer and more spiritual than saying we argued. And we argued about money a lot. So and, and, and I yeah, think that's the number one thing. Of them, a lot of couples really do argue with this. They struggle with that. And praise God for showing us the kingdom of God and finances. But unity is so powerful. If, if you look at Psalm 133, it's only three verses in Psalm 133. And there uh, the psalmist writes, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. See, there's, God, there's blessings throughout Scripture. I mean, thousands of them. You can go find blessings. There's only four things that God actually ramps it up and says, I command a blessing. Um, he commanded a blessing on the, the six-year harvest so that they could get through the Jubilee year. All right? That was one. He command, in Deuteronomy 28.8, God commands a blessing on the work of your hands and your storehouse, both. And then here in Psalm 133, God commands a blessing on unity. That was such an important thing for us in our transition because I'm pretty good at God. I'm the visionary. I see what God has for us in the future. But my challenge was I'd hear a clear word from God, go this way, and then I would assume he meant go this way now. And sometimes he's telling us about it for the future, and I'll talk about that here in a minute. But that created friction as we were trying to get to Scotland because I'm like, just get on board, woman. We're yeah, going now. Where's your faith, girl? That's very helpful. Yeah, not, not, not very loving husband-like. I had to learn. I'm like a third-year Bible college graduate, and I'm doing these goofy things. Because I assumed we had a clear vision. We're going to go start the school. We graduate in May. We, we, we sell everything. We move in July. And by September, the school's up and running. That's not how it happened. It's not and it's how it not happened. how God had planned it to happen. And praise God, I was like, breaks. And I think sometimes if you are married, there definitely is always one person who's uh, the visionary, and they get frustrated if the vision's like kind of bogged up a little bit. And then there's the other person's like, okay, we're going to just look like this tree first. We're not going to take the whole forest in the next mountain. Um, you know. And I need that focus on the here and now sometimes because I can be way out there that I, I can be a little bit useless sometimes. So I, I'm... God knows what he's doing when he brings people together. So fortunately, we had to deal with the visa issue. So you have to be, um, 
we had to have a sponsor in the UK to yeah, sponsor Yeah, Colorado our visas. couldn't sponsor our visa into the no. UK. That had to come from inside the UK. So and there all kinds of things that had to yeah, happen. Yeah, they didn't have the capability. They weren't licensed to do that. So they had to go through a whole bunch of paperwork to get licensed to sponsor visas. And that took a while. And then they, there was a lot of things, too. We spent a whole year working together. Just We said, you know, we probably could spend some time working on communication and things. We had a friend who was very Holy Spirit-led and trained in that. So we sat around our kitchen table a lot. If really helped us. If anybody's called to the mission field and you're married, I will tell you right now, the most challenging part of the whole process is this, yes. your marriage. That's the what, and I'm, I'm just grateful that God gave us those two and a half years before we went so that we could work on this. I thought we had a good marriage, but I needed to learn how to communicate a little better, <laughs> a lot better. Um, and, and so it was so beneficial because when we got there, I mean, you got the pressure of living together. You got the pressure of being in a different culture. You got the pressure of having to almost learn a new language because the Scots accent is so thick. And they use different, and words. different words. Yeah, so it's not it's just, not just, it's an, not just accent. an accent. Sometimes you're thinking, that's an accent, but that sounds like, what, what are you what saying? What is that word? What and is that And they would say sentence? it, and then you'd be like, oh, no wonder I didn't understand. It's a different word. Um, but we had to learn. So Lisa wasn't ready, obviously. And then the ministry wasn't ready because they needed to do some things till we could get there. Uh, in truth, I wasn't ready. I needed to change probably more than anybody. And God, God worked through that during those two and a half years. And, and just when it comes to timing, I'd like to talk about the importance of that. If you, if you look at Habakkuk, or Habakkuk, depending on your persuasion, uh, Habakkuk 2, starting in verse 2, it says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on the tablets that he may run who reads it. Verse 3, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. That was the reality that we had in Scotland, or, or trying to get to Scotland. Because we had some challenges. God spoke to us about the school being in Dumfries. Dumfries is a relatively small town of about 50,000 people. The, the conventional wisdom is you, you put a keris in a big city where the people are. It makes sense, right? That's what they tell us to do. And so there was pressure from the ministry to go to Edinburgh and Glasgow. And we're like, God, did we miss it? We, we're thinking Dumfries, but if you want us to go to the big city, we'll do that. And God gave you a very clear word. Yeah, we prayed on that. We have actually put it down. We, put, we said, okay, look, you know what? This is not our college to begin with. And so we're just going to lay it down. And we will ask you, Lord, do we need to shift what we understand? we need to hear from you on this. So we prayed for some time, probably a month or two, just really kind of fervently put some time aside and prayed on that and said, if you want to move it and you want us to do something different, we will, but we, we were kind of taught to follow uh, lines of relationship and what you hear from the Holy Spirit. We were open. And all of a sudden one day the Lord's like, I'm praying about it. And he's like, I said Dumfries. I meant Dumfries. Go forward. I'm like, okay. You know, it wasn't scary like that, but it, sometimes I have to be kind of like, girlfriend, wake up. So it was like that, and I said, okay, Chris, I got a pretty firm word from the Lord. He said, Dumfries, we're going to stick with that And plan. so I started praying, I'm like, God, you got to tell them. Yeah. Because we can't do anything without their say-so, and they're right. saying we need to go somewhere else, so we're just going to wait. And there was, it was about a year before things shifted in the ministry, and they said, you know, we think Dumfries would be a really good and spot for And there were some college. advocates for us. John Donnelly so like, advocated for sure. <laughs> but we didn't, we didn't force that change. We just backed off and said, you know, we're still moving in that direction, but sometimes you just have to wait because God's moving chess pieces around the board, mm -hmm. and, and you don't have control over that. You have the clear word. You have to wait on his timing. In, in uh, Isaiah 40, 31, we're all familiar with that verse. It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Waiting is not a passive thing. All right? We were still doing all kinds of preparation. Even though we had no clear green light to go forward, we knew we were headed there when the green light happened. So we did things that we could prepare. We prepared our hearts. We prepared our communication skills. Um, and then as we got close... You know, we, we prepared things like downsizing, you know, because you can't take a whole house. I mean, you could, but it would be prohibitively expensive to take a whole house across the ocean. So we had to downsize dramatically. Any of you who were here in the summer of 2016, I call it the summer of the yard sale. We had this great 
uh, house up in Woodland Park, and it had this massive driveway and two-car garage, you know. And so I just start throwing things out there. And then people, you know, other friends of ours are like, you're having yard sale? Oh, we got stuff you can oh, make. Oh, and it's for a good cause? You're oh, going yeah, on the go, mission field? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, sudden, we're trying to get rid of stuff. Stop bringing it to us. I wasn't worried. I'm a merchant, so yes. I'm happy. And people were, like, literally bringing their trailer loads of stuff for me to sell, which I was fine. Stressed I, me out. It was awesome. I, I go, go upstairs, leave me alone. I'm going to sell, 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 Lord. You're going to do this. <laughs> And he did, and he, it, was a, it was a form of provision that helped us. Um, and then we had to wait on when this licensing to sponsor the visas was going to happen, because we knew when that, that thing happened, the trigger was going to get pulled. And then, we're, then things were going to happen very, very, very quickly, and they did. Um, and, and there's God's story. As a matter of fact, in Rejecting Mammon, I talk about the, the visa process and how God supernaturally um, actually shook our visa loose from the British government. So yeah. And so these are transition periods, and you're getting all sorts of, you learn a lot about yourself. You, you're starting to realize that where you really need to have some maturing and where you are more mature, and that's okay because so, you're never really fully ready. Yeah. Well, tell them what God said to you after our third year when you were feeling pretty oh, good Oh, I was so it. excited. You know, we're done with third year. Woohoo! done with Bible college. Woohoo! And he's like, hey, honey, school just starts now. And I was like, oh, okay. That was a word for both of us. <laughs> you know, like, okay, well, there you go. Not to be discouraging to those of you who raised no, your hand at the and beginning. and it was good. Now you're, you know, the rubber hits the road. All the theory becomes practical and things like that. I mean, people with uh, children, you all understand that. You know, the kids think they're 16, they know everything, and then all of a sudden they're 20, and they go, oh, I don't know anything, or 25 at least. So I'm watching the clock. I think yeah. we need to jump ahead a little mm -hmm. bit and talk about, so that was our transition to get to Scotland. There was a whole lot going on. But we had to do spiritual preparation. We had to do um, material, natural preparation as well. Uh, and then, you know, things are trucking along great. We've got a powerhouse team. The school's growing. Financially, it's doing wonderfully. Everything is working. We're firing on all Even cylinders. Even in COVID. Yeah. Even throughout COVID. We were growing in COVID, which was crazy. It was awesome. God's hand was on it. We are like, yes. And then God speaks to my wife. It was... I was starting to feel at Christmas time um, last year, not this past Christmas, Christmas that I looked at my Christmas tree and I went, I just felt this, this is the last time you'll put that tree up in Scotland. I'm like, oh, get away from me, Satan. You know? <laughs> so um, I was like, what's that all about? And then it just kind of kept moving on that you're feeling that preparation. One of the things about transition, you'll start to feel the season change. You'll start to feel things. You'll fight it at first. Maybe. It's kind of maybe but you'll many times you will fight it and you have to kind of re relax and release and let the lord lead that and that's okay you know you're learning go well basically he gave you a word he did it, but it's you know she she started to have those sensation you know there's those thoughts in in christmas time and then in february we're in a meeting with our key staff actually with andrew and jasmine sharp and we were talking about having to get back here for the summer so we were having this meeting about how that's going to work, what if they change the rules, and there were all kinds of scenarios we were running through trying to come up with some good plans, and God speaks to Lisa clear as a day. Yeah, we were, I heard it just like I heard when I was changing sheets to go start the college. I'm looking at Jasmine and Andrew, and I hear the Lord say, pass the baton, it's time to go home, your new directors are fr in front of you, and I'm like, oh, okay. Because we've been praying for two years, God, show us anything. who the next directors are, not because we were looking to leave, but right. because that's what we're supposed to do, right? It was very raise up urgent, our like, you're doing this now, this is it. So she comes home, and of course, you got to remember, I, I went home. Scotland is my home, right? I had a word from God. I'm painting my face blue. You're going to, you know, one day, a long time from now, you're going to bury me in Scottish soil, right? I'm there for the duration. And she comes home with this word, and she brings it to me with, like, fear and trepidation. And the first things out of my mouth were, I think that's God. And in her mind, that was the big miracle. Yeah. <laughs> And, and the Lord spoke to him through a very, he spoke to him about it, and we knew we, it was time to leave. We knew that we knew it was time to leave. And now all of a sudden you're thrown and thrust into this other transition, and that transition did not have lots of clear pathways going forward. It was more, you're going home, and I, we had a choice. We could have said no and just kept plugging along, but we knew that obedience was important in this decision because it would affect the, the school, it would affect us. So you just say yes to the Lord and you move forward. It was very strange time for us. It was a difficult thing because it made no sense in the natural. No sense whatsoever. Like I said, everything was going sw swimmingly. We had no reason to leave. But God gave us a word. 
And we've, our, in our past experience, we've had enough experience with God that we know he's trustworthy. He never asked you to give up something except to get you something even better. So we knew that. Um, and fortunately, God confirmed that word, especially to Lisa, because, you know, I, can, I could appreciate where she might be feeling that the pressure's on her because God didn't speak the word for me, but we're one flesh. So he really did, even though he spoke it to Lisa. But God confirmed it to her in a way that was just unmistakable. Yes, our other staff member, J James Joseph. So we want to tell our staff members first. Obviously, Jasmine and Andrew knew about it because they were taking the school over. But I'm like, we got to talk to James. So Chris goes, hey, James, can you come Well, I, I texted him and said, hey, you know, because I knew he, he was off from work that, that week because he was just volunteering on a Saturday. I said, James, can you come in, you know, Tuesday or Thursday? I, I got something I want to share with you. And he's like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm available Thursday. What's it about? I said, ah, I'll just tell you when you get here. Okay, lesson in Big leadership. Mistake. Don't do that ever to somebody without saying, oh, it's not about you. You're okay. You because know, you always preface it with, you're okay. It didn't, <laughs> I didn't make the connection, but the Saturday before I sent him the text on the Monday, um, we had done a, a, a virtual mission trip, and he was going to emcee it and, and kind of, uh, and okay. he, he backed out kind of late because he had some family things. No, he's a volunteer. I get it. Family's first. We've was, always it told It was him never that. an issue. But in his mind, he thought I was going to give him what for for bailing on us. And we've never what for him. So, but you know how the Satan will come and whisper in your ears and say all kinds of stuff. And you're going, I'm too mature for listening to you, but you're not. And so you kind of let that go and go and go. So he got up in the middle of the night before our meeting. And he was he's praying in tongues. He's stressed and, and he's in the kitchen. He's like, Lord, is it time for I me to step time. aside? Can I not maybe, am I not able to commit the way I need to commit? Praying in tongues, praying in tongues. And so we get him into this meeting, and we say, hey, this isn't about you. And he's like, oh, Yeah, because he came in kind of you know? dejected, and that's not like him because he's a very <laughs> upbeat like, guy. He's a very upbeat guy. And I'm like, what is he thinking? Yeah. But we tell him the story. We tell him God spoke to Lisa, passed the baton. It's time to go home. The next director's in front of you, and he goes, oh, my goodness. He jumped then, out of the chair. And then he sat back down, and we finished our story. And I'm like, okay, Jane, let's go back to that. What happened there? That was weird. That and you jumped out of your chair. That he jumped out of your chair like that, so excited. And he's like, well, let me tell you. And then he goes on and tells us that he was stressing. He was up till four in the morning. And that he was praying in tongues. And, and God gave him this vision. And he said, all I could see was two runners. And they were doing a relay race. And they were, you know, at the point where they passed the baton. Because they don't say baton in Scotland. Say they baton. say baton. <laughs> and they passed the baton. And he said, and at that moment, he said, if the, if the one who's giving it doesn't let go, the other one can't start running at full speed. And I thought, God, am I holding people back because I can't let go and I should really be letting it go? And he said, it wasn't about me at all. It was about you. And I'll tell you what, that comforted my heart. I just broke out in tears because when you have a word from God, the enemy will come against you and try to tell you you didn't hear that word. And then you got your timing wrong and you're just a loser because you're leaving and all these other things that go through your head. And the Lord knew that, and he gave James a word for me that was undeniably confirming that this is the time to go. They were both in tears. It was Whoa. wonderful. It was wonderful. So. So, so the question is, now what? All right? We, we, we wrapped up everything in Scotland. We handed off the school. They are thriving this year. Andrew and Jasmine are going to take it from strength to strength. And now we're back here in the States. And that's the big question. Now what? Now what? So we're, we had four months to prepare. Again, transition. So now your head's just going to come in. We're going to get to the States. And I'm not even sure what that looks like. We don't have a clear template like we did when we went to Scotland, a more clear template. And as you mature, you're going to get these types of things. You'll get more assignments that might not have as clear a template. And it's that stepping out on in faith going, okay. One of the things I know that I know that I know that I know is that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. And secondly, Jeremiah 29, 11, his plans are good, always good. So if he tells me to leave one place, even though that's going to be difficult on some levels, this thing forward is going to be good and great too. So you just got to hold on to that thing while you're moving through that. And it's that time of when, like a trapeze, where you're, you know, the trapeze artist has got the one swing, right? Yeah, okay. Then they let go, and they're waiting for the next swing. It was kind of like we were just in the middle waiting for the next swing. Because we didn't have a job to go to. We weren't switching because somebody said, hey, we got a better place for you over here. We were doing it purely on a word from God. Yeah. So we moved back in and, June. And backtrack a little bit. About six weeks into the lockdown experience, God woke me up about 3 o'clock in the morning, and he gave me this download, which I don't get very often, or like never before. I got up. 
pulled up my laptop, went downstairs, and I typed up a couple pages because I didn't want to forget it because it was just like, boom. It was this ministry idea, and I'm like, but we're doing a Bible college. I don't understand. So I just set it aside. So when I realized that God was calling us home, I'm like, ah, God's going to be moving us towards this new thing. This new thing is something called kingdom mindsets. And really, I won't go into all the details. We're still working on the planning stages of it. We're I was, you know, again, time issues. I thought, we'll get home, we'll be up and running in six months, and we'll be launching Kingdom Mindsets on January 1st. <laughs> well, here it is, March. No, we're looking more like June, realistically. And, and what we're looking at is it's going to be it's a, it's a discipleship platform that's designed to connect emerging ministries with the body of Christ. All right? We're going to have... I call her Sheila because I gave her an Australian accent. It's not Siri. Anyway, she gets, she gets a little bit, you know, nosy sometimes. But kingdom mindsets. So it's gonna, it's, we're going to have a media platform. We're gonna, it, it's a discipleship platform. We're going to have a, a community app. There's this, all these different pieces that God's using my background. He's shown me how to do that, and we're moving that forward. So that's where we are headed. Um, but we're having to build the template, which is a different experience than stepping into the Keras template. So we've done it that way. Now we're going to do it this way, and it's a learning process. So if you think that you're going to stop learning, then you're probably going to stop moving forward with God because as we move mm. forward with God, we're constantly learning. It doesn't matter how old we are. And that's a beautiful thing because it's fun and exciting and scary and terrifying. So we're going to wrap this up a little bit. I just want to share a few things with um, what the Lord gave me real quick. One thing I will tell you, and I'm, this is not like in stone, but generally speaking, Men are more like next mission, like they're jumping into the next mission. They're good, you know. Women, we we gather those relationships, and we're like, Woo-hoo. you know, I had to let go of fam- people who are family to me, and so the transition back, what they call it reentry for missionaries, was is been more challenging for me. And there's no condemnation in that. You work through that with the Lord when you're transitioning. There's always a time where you're working through some things. You're processing. He's growing you. He's ministering to you. And it's okay. But just know, if, particularly if you are in a, in a husband-wife situation, you're probably going to be on different stages of, of moving forward. And that's, that's perfectly normal in the Lord. You just go to him, as Pastor Rick would say, look to Jesus, look to Jesus, look to Jesus. And we... Um, had to we we came back and we're like oh we can't we don't have any place to live uh, and we have great friends here Brian and Sue house us for four months God bless them pray for them yeah. for a supernatural blessing on that uh, our friends Kim and Mark up in uh, Florissant at Donna Hope they gave us a car and, and then God gave us a car in August from our other friends Lisa and Byron the Lord goes before you the Lord goes before you and not just if you're a missionary it's for every believer okay I don't care what he's called you into I don't care where you're at right now you students you're going to move into the next steps you're going to possibly move back to your home where you moved from it's he's gone before you he's going before you mm-hmm. just stay focused on him when when we finally were able to announce it to our students that we were leaving after that kind of emotional zoom meeting because we still weren't on campus yet uh when it was all done i turned to lisa because rejecting mammon was a story of us getting to scotland and what we learned and how you know the kingdom prosperity worked i turned to lisa i said we are about to embark on Rejecting Mammon 2.0. Yeah, there'll be another book coming yeah. soon to a bookstore near you. But um, <laughs> so we are still nine, it'll be nine months on the 15th that we have re- returned to the States. We had to kind of go through this culture uh, shock a little bit. You'd think, you know, we were in a first world country. Uh, amenities were very prevalent. We were not in a different culture in that respect. But I remember walking into, uh, it was just a week after we got home, we walked into Shields that, sporting goods place and and it was just like so big i'm freaking out here just we got you know driving up powers you got three lanes of traffic 60 miles an hour to the next traffic light yeah and we were in a town where the maximum speed limit was 35 miles an hour yeah so it's a little bit of a lots of changes just you know okay it's all all those silly things that you think my goodness they're not that important but the lord is so in the details he's so when you're in the grocery store and you're like i don't know where anything is anymore what is that I don't know that anymore. That's a new thing, you know. He's going to show you how to do things. He's going to just shift it. It takes time to, for all these things. Be kind to yourself during transition is my big message. Well, and just remember that God stays the same. He stays the same. 
He stays the same. We're changing daily in Christ, and transition is part of life. It's part of your daily life. You'll have bigger ones. You'll have smaller ones. You'll have forced transitions that you'll have to deal with. You have uh, more planned transitions. Yeah. So. So, so just to wrap up, what if, I mean, we talked about times where we had very clear word from God. Some of you raise your hand, you don't have a clear word from God yet. And I, I want to encourage you, that's okay. Be patient, okay? What do you do if you don't have, I mean, because sometimes we planned our transitions, sort of. I mean, leaving Scotland wasn't planned, but we had four months to get plans in place before we left, and we're still in that planning process of our next phase. But sometimes transitions thrust on you. Sometimes you lose a job unexpectedly. Sometimes a family member dies unexpectedly, and trans you suddenly find yourself in a, in a place of transition. You didn't have a clear word from God. What then? Uh, a clear example, when we were early in our marriage, I was working for a company. My background before the website stuff was working with ships and cargo on the waterfront, and it's a volatile industry. The company I was working for filed for bankruptcy, um, but they're still progressing on, and I knew in the natural, that's not a good sign. Maybe I should look for another job. So we talked about it. And, and Lisa was confident. No, no, stay with it. I, I think God's telling us you're going you're to have another job. You know, you're going to stay with this company. It's going to work out. Okay, great. Um, we were not spirit-filled. We were early in our marriage. Remember, we're two independent people, lots of intense fellowships, all that stuff. That was all there then. We've grown so much now. So anyway, we get there at the end. I, you know, I get a call on a Saturday morning after closing up. I was the last guy out of the office on Friday. It was Saturday morning, 7 o'clock, my phone rings. They were planning on selling the company to another one, and they told us that when you come back Monday morning, it's, everything's the same, just different, different signature on the checks, except the negotiations fell apart, the company was done, we were out of a job. So what then? Well, um, a couple of things. It's okay if you misheard God because we did. We thought we were going to be okay, and all of a sudden we found out we didn't feel okay. But really we were, because God's faithful. You know, We keep moving forward. You keep doing what's in front of you. I went and got, I went from running three uh, marine terminals where I had anywhere upwards of 1,000 indirect reports on any given Tuesday or Friday when the ships were in, to pushing cargo physically around the hold of a ship on another terminal that was a third the size of our smallest terminal. You do what you got to do sometimes. And trust God in it. I remember coming home at, at 1 o'clock in the morning in tears driving home because I hurt in places. I didn't even know I had places. <laughs> I'm not a physical athlete guy. He did really buff up well. <laughs> she was digging it. I, I, anyway, um, did I just say that out loud? Yeah. Let's not do that online. When we're next one, we're not going to do that. But again, Rick, Pastor Rick has given you steps. If you want steps of what to do in that situation, if you're in transition, you don't have a clear word from God, step one, look to Jesus. Step two, look keep to looking to Jesus. Step three, keep on looking to Jesus. All right, that is true. That's what we did in that situation. And we had some false starts. But we look back now and we see how God was preparing us to be where we're here today. And he's faithful. We didn't die. We, our life didn't collapse. It went through some stormy times. But God's faithful in the storm. Okay, and, and I want to just share with you Jeremiah 33, 3. Mm. If you don't have a clear word from God, I encourage you to ask him for one. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Right there, God promises that he will speak to you and tell you that if you don't know what to do next, ask him. He says he'll tell you. So, so do that. Sometimes there's a time of settling out your heart so that you can hear. He is talking. But your heart will have to settle out a little bit and so you can hear. Be okay knowing that he's faithful. And seek him. And you'll get that clear word. And it's going to be more amazing than you can imagine. So what I'd like to do is, is, is offer to pray for folks right now. If, if you are dealing with transition or not sure of what God has for you next, I would encourage you to stand up because I want to pray for you right now. And if, if you've got a clear word from God and you know where you're headed, I encourage you to just reach your hands out and, and put your hands on somebody who's standing because there are a lot of folks who, who need an impartation right now. So Lord, thank you so much that you are faithful. 
thank you that you speak to us. You speak uniquely to our hearts in ways that we individually will understand. And Lord, I just, I just speak a blessing over all of these people who are standing. I speak a clarity, a vision, and I ask you to give them a word in due season for their next season. Speak to them clearly. Reveal to them the plans you have for them and the direction you want them to head. Give them a compass bearing so they know where to move forward. And we know that they will commit to being obedient and stepping out. Make it clear. Speak to their hearts. Calm them down so they can hear. Get them in a place where, where it's just you and them. And let them trust you in that season, Lord. And, and we know the best is indeed yet to come. And that you have nothing but good things for them. And that you are going to work through these folks. And they are going to be a blessing to everyone around them. In the name of Jesus. We just praise you and we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was a good word, wasn't it, church? Are we on? There we go. All right. uh, this morning as the prayer team was meeting and praying this morning for, every, for the church, we were, we were discussing how Joseph, everything he had gone through, being so, sold into slavery and then ended up in prison, but he was just patient, waiting on God. And as we were finishing up in our prayer time, the word that the Lord had given me that I was hearing just very clearly, I heard it several times, was just a little while longer, just a little while longer. And I've shared that with the team, and there were a couple in the team that said, I'm grabbing, I'm holding on to that. That's for, they claim that, and I felt it was to be shared with the whole church. So just a little while longer. Well, praise God. Well, when I was listening to Chris and Lisa and they were talking, the Lord quickened to me a verse that he gave me a couple weeks ago. Jeremiah 32, verse 27. I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? So I just, I just really felt somebody needed to hear that, especially when they talked about how much the Lord provides so so well. Thank you.